0: Of discipleship here at Mercy Road Church, and it is just an honor to be with you on this Palm Sunday where we get to celebrate the Lord, see Him maybe in a way we haven't seen Him, and just experience Him fresh. Are you ready for that? Yes! I want to also say hi to our online family and say thank you for being here. No matter where you are, it matters, and that we know that incredible life change has happened. Uh, Even this past year in the middle of a pandemic, whether you've been worshiping online or you've been coming in person, we're just so grateful that we can be a community and a family that is just constantly looking at Jesus and relying on him and putting our faith in him and praising him. Nothing can stop us from doing that. Can I get an amen on that? So, here's the deal. I had a crazy, crazy week and it all started with a week ago when we were at March for a Million. If you were there, can you just like give a little like clap or your hand up, however you feel like you want to respond. I have to be honest with you, I have never experienced anything like that. That I am, if you know me... You know that I'm just a kid that grew up outside of New York City and I just was this kid that like never went to church Um, we never talked about God we didn't have a Bible in our home the Bible that I had some of you know this story is the Bible that my grandmother down in Atlanta gave to me and she spelled my name wrong on the cover of the Bible (laughs) and that was my precious moments Bible and I still have it and It's precious to me, but you know, it just Sunday night, I've never had an experience like that. We have some pictures. It was so crazy. I was like at home. I was in my element. We were downtown. I went to school in New York City, so I was like, yes, like, these are my people. You know, we were all in it together, um, all kinds of people. We had over uh, 24 churches represented. Uh, people from all over the state came. We had 14 baptisms, wasn't even planned. We just grabbed that horse trough. It was heated, which was great, too, and people just like, went and got baptized i had this crazy moment because i spoke for a little bit and i was praying and i was saying hey if you want to go get baptized you know go do it go do it now like the lord is here and i did one of those mom moments where you're praying but you're looking underneath your eye you know what i mean moms and dads you know what i'm talking about you're kind of like peeking under your eye and i see like like this swarm of people just like run from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. And I literally was thinking as my eye, as I was peeking at the bottom of my eye, I'm like, oh, there's food over there. They're hungry. And <laughs> and <laughs> this is literally what was going through my mind. And I was like, oh, you know, like they're hungry and I'm praying so I could, keep, you know, they know my eyes are closed. So it's not a big deal if they run over there. But they were running to get baptized, like praise the Lord. I was like. I couldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Like it was just insane. But I had this like moment, this, what I call a full circle moment. It doesn't happen very often. They're very precious and rare. And so I was asked to speak at this event and I was like, why me? Like, you know, I I don't, fine. You know, I'll pray. I'll do all the things. And so I was backstage and, uh, thinking just like having this moment of like oh my gosh I had prepared something to say you know how you do that because that's responsible like (laughs) that's what you're supposed to do and I literally handed my husband my card and I said I can't say this like this is not where the Lord is right now and just gave it up you know what I mean and I'm just sitting there having this moment and all of a sudden I feel this hand on my shoulder I never had anything like this happen to me and I'm like oh my gosh someone starts praying for me and I turn around I turn around and I kind of recognize the face and I recognize and I start to recognize the voice it was this gentleman named Mike pineapple who had been shepherding this event for the past year and I've only seen him on zoom so like not seeing him like in person All of a sudden here he is in real life and he's got his mask mask on and he's praying for me. And all of a sudden he says this and I almost lost my mind. He said, Lord Jesus, um, I just want to thank you for the little girl that Kathy Craig was. That even then you were pouring into her and shaping and forming her for this moment. And I just had like chills, you know, like, I'm not a big crier because um, I don't like to cry in front of people. It's messy. And so, like, <laughs> I just had this moment, but my, I, some of you don't know this, but like, I flashbacked all of a sudden to this little girl who grew up on, on the beach on Long Island and was running around in tap shoes and my hair was wild, I was a wild child and riding my like big wheel and I grew up on the beach and just eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like I just had these images of this little girl and I had no idea who God was. But I had this like pit in my stomach growing up, like this, this thing that was like, what's your life about? Like what, what is life about? You gotta be here for some reason. I mean, even then, And I just flash back to that little girl that God was forming even then. It was crazy. Absolutely insane. And today we get to celebrate Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is like one of those full circle moments, just like that, that God created. We could not have created that moment where all of a sudden, you see your past connected to the right now and into the future, and you're like, oh my gosh, it just knocks your socks off. And if you're here today and you're like, Palm Sunday, cool, I know we're going into Holy Week and Easter, and you know I hear all these terms and I don't even know what that means, I'm really hoping today you will leave with a new sense of, oh my gosh, Palm Sunday was for me. And I have to be honest with you that as I was processing through this and having this moment this week, um, I literally was repentant of the things that have stood in my way of me seeing Jesus right in front of me and the things that I've put in front of him because I'm so worried about controlling the outcome of my own life and he's had it all along. I seriously was repentant. And I I some of, some of you know because I've talked to you through the week, I didn't want to give this sermon today. I was on the schedule. Rashad and I were kind of working it through on Monday, and I was just like tired, you know? I was like, we just had this great night on Sunday. I'm just exhausted, you know. I just need a moment, you know. And I was like, Rashad, can you take it? I can't do it. And then I was at Huddle on Tuesday night. And my Huddle, Jenna and Kyle Houck shared a story with me that, like, literally woke me up in the middle of the night. And I knew that, like, I, ha- I, had, to, I had to do this today not because I wanted to, but because God was working it through and making that happen even before I even knew that, you know? So we're going to be in Luke chapter 19 today. If you have your phone or you have your Bible, some of you all know I love, I'm an old school girl and I love having my Bible. So um, whatever works for you, just open up to Luke chapter 19. And while you're getting there, um, I'm going to pray for us. You ready? Father God, thank you for knocking me on my butt this week and reminding me that it's not me that does any of it. It's all you. Lord, thank you for getting me out of my own way so that I could see you in a way I've never seen you before. And Lord, what a blessing that I get to share this and invite this family into this experience of seeing you in a way that we've never seen you before. Lord, I just ask that you prepare our hearts right now, that every word that comes from my mouth is only of you. Lord, help us here what you need each and every one of us to hear and know and see. And it's all in your glory and your name. Amen. So really interesting. Um, The part that we're going to look at of Jesus's life is the most public part of his ministry this far. So every time Jesus was out like, teaching before this and he was doing miracles and he was doing all the things he usually said afterwards hey guys don't tell anyone you know what i mean like let's keep this on the dl and this time he doesn't let anything get in the way of people seeing and knowing him he is making what the bible says is the triumphal entry into jerusalem during the last week of his life And he knows exactly what's going to happen at the end of that week. He ordained it. He was like, this is what I'm here to do. And this moment of him walking into Jerusalem was totally prepared by him. And it was for everyone, those people right there who were coming into Jerusalem for Passover, the biggest Jewish holiday of the year, And he was doing it for us today and for those in the future so that we won't forget what this is all about. And it was huge. So Luke chapter 19, verse 28, it says, He went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. Another word for colt is donkey. Yeah, a donkey. One of those, like, pack mules, you know what I mean, that make weird sounds. And, you know, they're just kind of awkward animals. Jesus says, go get that. And no one had ever ridden it. He said, untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt or the donkey? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. I think it's so fascinating because we're going to have this, we're about to see a parade about to happen, right? Right? And all the preparations that needed for this parade to honor Jesus in this triumphal entry, he did it. We didn't do it. All we did was we showed up and we said, okay, you want us to do this? Okay, we'll go do that. He invited us into it to be a part of it, which I think is really cool, not to just be a spectator, but to actually join in the preparations. But he prepared the whole thing in advance. He was like, I got this. You don't got this. I got this. And I find that so fascinating. Here's the other thing that's really you want to talk about. We're going to talk about full circle, like connecting the the past to the present to the future. This was a moment that was already prophesied back in Zechariah. And if you were living in Jesus' time and you were Jewish, you were looking for the Messiah. Like you were looking for the Savior to come and set everything right. And so they would have known this prophecy back in Zechariah. Check this out. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, and riding on a donkey. Here he is. And notice this he doesn't come in like all pomp and circumstance, right? He comes in humble riding on a donkey, and another thing that that you could kind of put in in your head and your heart is that a donkey is the symbol of peace. Back then, if you were coming in as as a ruler or a leader to a city, you would come in on a stallion. You would come in with your full armor and your flags and your people. But Jesus comes in humbly, our king of peace, on a symbol of peace, into the city of peace. That's what Jerusalem means, to proclaim peace. It keeps going, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim, and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace peace to the nations, not just for them, but for everyone. And his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The Israelites, the Jews, they knew this by heart. So when Jesus comes in on the donkey, they can't help but throw their cloaks down. They're like, oh my gosh, this is him. This is the Messiah. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. That, my friends, my family, that is something that we say a lot on staff, right, Lauren? We we say we are always doing things at Mercy Road on staff where we're like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I guess I'm going to do it anyway. We're constantly doing things that freak us out. March for a Million was a big one of those things. We were like... I don't know what this is, but I'm just going to be obedient and do the thing. I'll go get the donkey. I'll go do the things and, and we'll just do this and see what you do, Lord. It was crazy. When we started talking about this a year ago, I was like, is this a marathon? Is this a food collection? Like, I had no idea what this was, literally. And so... Multiply Indiana, this network of churches that we are a part of, said, okay, we're going to sponsor this thing that, that we hear God telling us to do. Okay, all right, we'll do that. Ethan Fernhaber had the, had the vision for this thing. I didn't quite understand what he was talking about. He was just like, Jesus, Jesus, we're bringing everyone together. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to praise him. This was a year ago before the pandemic started. Who knew that we would need this for such a time as this coming out of a pandemic where we have not been together in forever, right? He brought Eli and Trista Marshall, gave them the passion to just be like, we're going to make this happen. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it anyway. He brought musicians, worship leaders from all over the state to do this thing. He invited someone like me to pray. I didn't know what I was even praying for. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it anyway because God prepared it. God prepared it. All we had to do was be obedient and show up, and then we saw our king before our very eyes. Man, I don't want to miss that stuff. I don't want to miss it. God prepared this moment. And then to keep going, it says, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They could not help but praise the God that was coming, that was standing right before them to bring peace. And if you think about it, I don't know if you know this. This is another cool thing. I'm kind of a geek right now. Y'all know I'm geeking out. I'm back in school. I'm like taking all these theology and crazy evangelism courses. So listen to this. When they say, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is the same praise song that they broke out with at the Red Sea when the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians. And when God closed the Red Sea on their enemies and they knew that they had freedom in that moment, this is what they sung. It's in Psalm 118. It's called the Hallel, if you want to know a little, like, fun fact information. And this is Passover time. And this is what they sung every Passover to remember, that God never let them go, and he was still creating peace and freedom for them. And there he was, right there. And they couldn't help but shout out. It's for everyone not just them then but us now I told you I didn't want to give this sermon I was about to like pass the baton off and so I'm hanging out with my huddle on Tuesday night and Kyle and Jenna Hauk had this incredible experience and Jenna was telling me about it they said that they invited their friend Michelle to come with them on Sunday night And if you don't know Jenna and Kyle, you got to get to know them because they invite everybody to just come with them to worship and see God, to see hope all the time. It's like the coolest thing ever. It's been such a blessing to get to know them. And Jenna's telling me about Michelle who didn't want to go to March for a Million. And I got permission to share this story, but Michelle is a recovering addict and downtown that place where we were gathering, was the place where she was defeated. It was the place of her greatest fear, of believing the lie at one time that she was nothing, and she was worth destroying herself over. But Kyle and Jenna were like, I got you. I got you, just come on. And she did. And that night, at the place where she was at her rock bottom, she decided to get baptized that night. The place where she was enslaved is the place where she experienced freedom. We could not have done that. God did that, and she was obedient to just saying, yes, Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. There's no reason not to, right? And she had her friends with her to say, I'm with you. The people who were at that moment at the triumphal entry where he's coming in on a donkey, these were not the victorious These were people who were disappointed by life. The disciples, most of them were rejects from the temple. I don't know if you knew that. The people who had experienced his miracles were people who were hurting and dying at one time and had no hope. He had just come from being with Zacchaeus. Do you, know, do you all know who Zacchaeus is? If you don't, I'm going to tell you about him because he's like one of my favorite people, okay? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was the most hated person in his community. He was the person who everyone was like, you traitor. You went and started working for the Roman government so that you could rip us off and keep us poor and destitute and you're making money off of me? He was so hated that when Jesus came to his town, he was hiding up in a tree. Nobody even wanted to be around him. And you know what Jesus did? He went right to the tree. He said, Zacchaeus, get down. You and me, we're going to hang out today. I want you to see me and see that I love you, even though you are a traitor. Guess what? I love you and you're my son. That's what, that's what Jesus does. The people there, these were the people who had experienced intense disappointment. I know every single one of us here has experienced disappointment. And you may be thinking, yeah, you know, and I show up to church and I do my thing. And, you know, we just kind of like, just kind of cover that up or some of us, we come here and we're just broken. Like, this is my mess, take it or leave it, right? And Jesus welcomed them and said, I'm riding in on this donkey for you so that you could experience peace. Not a peace that you manufacture, a peace that only I can usher in. That's Palm Sunday. And then check this out. This is the part that gets me. It says, some of the Pharisees in the crowd, and if you know anything about the Pharisees, these were the people who hated Jesus because Jesus was in a position to overtake the power that they had and the control that they had, and they didn't want to give that up. And I got to tell you, I like to have control over my own life, if you know what I'm saying. I love to control my own outcomes because I'm prideful. Like, I worked for that, you know what I'm saying? And the Pharisees are like, no, no, I don't want you taking that away from me. And they're sitting there sneering. And they say, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You cannot keep the praise and the worship of the God, the creator, the person who loves you, who will pursue you, who has pursued them for thousands of years and will pursue you for years to come, even if you're like, not today. The stones will cry out for him. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you even you, the person who hates me and is plotted to kill me, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it's hidden from your eyes. He was like, I'm standing right in front of you today. Today is the day that I made for you to see me and you can't see me. I think about this past year it's been a tough year for all of us right and as i was thinking about this and what jesus wept over this is only the second time in the scripture that it says that jesus wept he wept for the people who hated him and the people who refused to see him because he loves them and i think about this whole year And I'm thinking, I'm a Pharisee because I want to maintain control of my own life. In all honesty, Lauren and Ryan are sitting here, so I'm going to call them out. They have been like such incredible people for our family. They've walked with us. It's been a tough year for our daughter. She's a senior in high school. And she's an amazing kid. But she has to work her butt off in school for everything. And getting her into college this year, it was like, are we gonna do it? Can we do it? You know what I mean? And so my whole year has been, we gotta get Alex into college. I gotta, what what can we do? I gotta control this. I gotta control this. And I'm not even looking at Jesus. I'm going to share another personal story. My son got baptized Sunday night. And some of you were there. And, you know, you know how kids are. He's 10 years old, right? And so, like, a couple years ago, he was like, yeah, you know, he prayed and he asked Jesus into his heart. And then you just don't see much going on. You know what I mean? Because that's just how kids are. They just go about their lives, right? Playing Fortnite and all the things. And I'm like, is he even thinking about Jesus? I don't know. And Sunday night, we're doing all these crazy, spontaneous, beautiful baptisms. And I see my son with Caleb Cheatham standing over the horse trough. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to go cause some trouble and like do a cannonball in there. And (laughs) like literally thinking like he's going to, he's, He's, this, is, this is it. Like, I'm going to have to walk home, the walk of shame. And I go over to him, and I'm like, Jesse, you okay? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to get baptized? And he goes, yeah. Like, it was the dumbest thing I ever asked. And so he was baptized at night. I could not have made that moment if my life depended on it. That God was looking for Jesse my sweet baby boy who was born in another continent and I get the privilege of being his mom and I get to see him be baptized. This is for you. He made the triumphal entry for you and whatever you've been using and thinking that you could control your life and make it better than what Jesus can make it, you got to get rid of that. Maybe it's the Oh my gosh, I've got to find I've got to find my spouse. I got to have this relationship. That's going to make everything better. Or I got to have this career and I got to like make sure that I live in this kind of house. If I control that outcome, you know, it's I'm good. Or maybe it's I feel so much depression and pain right now. I just you know, I'm just going to keep I'm going to drink a little bit more. We're just going to numb that. Or do those drugs just to not feel like I can control that outcome by doing that. Or maybe you're in school and you're like, if I take every AP course that exists, I'm going to be able to control my future. And then Jesus comes walking in and you miss him. These are the things I've been repentant of this week. Of God, you just broke through space and time for so many people last Sunday. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want Sunday to be the only day that I've experienced that. And I'm asking you on this Palm Sunday, what is the thing that you need to be repentant of? To say, God, I just take this from me. Because he's weeping over it. He is weeping. Because he just wants, you to, just wants you to see him and experience the peace that only comes from him. Do you hear me? Yeah. So we're going to take a second right now and I'm going to ask for you to just, whatever posture you want to to put yourself in, if it's putting your hands out, if it's putting your hands up, if it's just kind of, kind of crouching down a little bit and just kind of like getting in the moment with God and just knowing that we're not just here, but God is here with you. I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask for forgiveness for us. And you just talk to God and you tell him the thing that you've been like putting in front of him because he wants you to see him so badly. That's what this whole week is about. He's praising the God that takes those things away, ushers in peace. He takes the plots that we use to, like, get rid of them, and he uses it to redeem us. So just get in your posture, whatever works for you, whatever, whatever is just you feel right now. Lord Jesus. Lord. We are sorry. That the thing that. Each and every one of us knows. That we have put in front of our eyes. to, So that we don't see you Lord. Lord we ask that you take that right now. So that we could experience the peace that you ushered in on Palm Sunday. The peace that only comes because you have created peace. Lord, help us to experience those full circle moments like right now, today, to see that you've been with us from the past to right now and into the future. And nothing else can give us the peace that you literally died for. Oh, Jesus, we're sorry. And we know that you forgive us. But take it, Lord. And if we're just seeing you for the very first time, and that's right now, oh, Lord, I'm just so grateful. Lord, I pray that for those who are saying, Yes, Jesus, I want your peace because the peace that I'm searching for, it's not even real. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.